Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome. I hope you're keeping well. Thanks for having me. So the, the, the Sudanese agreement between the government and the uh, opposition, what's the story there? What are the details? So, um, you know, it's been in a sense one year, one and a half years in the making. It happened, uh, or it, it, it's been called for since, you know, in a sense, the overthrow or the undermining of the Hamduk administration, uh, basically almost a year ago, October 21st, over a year ago. Um, and, you know, what it does is it seeks to actually put the transition back onto the civilian part or, you know, the, onto the road itself. Um, and it, it, uh, it calls for a, a transition, a two-year transition period, um, you know, led by a civilian uh, leader, which I think is quite, quite significant, um, who will have, uh, theoretically have most say, but, you know, all major decisions security-wise and military-wise will be, have to be agreed upon by a military council. Um, and that's the big criticism is that, uh, you know, the military is still going to play a very big role and there's no mention in the agreement about transitional justice. And that's why what we've seen, you know, among sections of the population of the populace since the agreement is actually, um, you know, uh, large protests, um, especially in um, urban areas, you know, criticizing the deal. How's the media been reporting on it? So I think when you look at the Sudanese issue, uh, you know, there's the focus has been a lot on the military and civilian rule, and that's you know it's it's been very good uh, from that perspective. Uh, you know, most media outlets um, have acknowledged the fact that you know the military is the biggest uh, hindrance towards the transition. That the military is you know part of uh, you know the former Obasi regime, um, but there's been no real focus on. Um, you know, the, the regional dimensions of the crisis and the fact that, you know, the military's behavior is only because, um, you know, it, it can leverage on support from uh, regional neighbors, you know, your Saudi Arabia, your Egypt, your United Arab Emirates, and, I mean, going further, your, your Russia. Uh, and, you know, that lack of focus means that, you know, the narrative has been shaped as it's just a domestic struggle. In actual fact, it's you know, similar to many of the Arab uprisings. It's actually a struggle regionally and a struggle between, uh, you know, monarchies and autocracies and, uh, you know, po- popular movements. And, and I think that then shapes how people pressurize uh, or, or pressurize the international community, pressurize, you know, the two parties uh, for an agreement where there's very little in this agreement about regional interactions and, and the different countries in the region, uh, you know, will continue because of this to actually, um, you know, try to shape the, the transition to actually benefit themselves. So what's likely to happen? The impact? Will, will the deal last? I think there's a, there's a difference to this agreement and I think the Sudanese population are a bit different. So in a sense, uh, you know, there are a lot more... Uh, it's not. It, it, they're a lot more nuanced in their approach, especially the political players since 20, uh, 2018, 2019. Um, and so we're seeing this in the fact that uh, you know the, the forces for freedom and change, the FFC, have you know, welcomed the agreement, even though it doesn't have the clause about transitional justice, even though it doesn't have issues around uh, you know military or full mil- addressing full military control and security reform. And that's because. Now, many in the opposition know that, you know, regionally uh, uh, they're not supported and that, you know, out or trying to outlast the military is not working. It's now over a year since, you know, the, the, the bigger protest movement has started since the Hamduk's removal. Um, and, you know, that 
that, uh, you know, you have to change something that happens more incrementally and that you have to try and be in the system as well as use pressure from, from outside the system. And I think that, that is significant. And also, in a sense, you know, the criticisms of, 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 of against Russia for its global support and, and uh, the Wagner group uh, for its activities. And it's very active in Sudan, for example, especially in the government, which then starts slowly placing pressure you know, at a more global level, uh, not because uh, people want the transition in, in, in Sudan uh, and, and because there's a lot more to do with the Russia-Ukraine crisis. But, you know, these issues do mean that um, the administration is facing a bit more different pressures compared to what it faced previously. And, um, you know, that then, you know, does give some some hope for optimism. Um, uh, but, you know, in saying so, uh, the regime has, was entrenched for the past 30 years, and the military was very quick to uh, to just expel al-Bashir when it felt like it, he was, you know, an, a hindrance towards uh, its interests. And I think that focus is, is worrying, is the fact that many still, um, you know, don't, they, they just look at the military as the old regime and not the fact that the military is smarter than that and actually got rid of part of the old regime just to protect itself. And I think that, you know, that deep state or that failure to look at the deep state sometimes, uh, you know, may lead to, you know, over-optimism and over-expectation, um, you know, of, of, a, of a result. All right, Ibrahim. Shukran so much for your time as always. We really appreciate it. Shukran for having me. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.